0: You're listening to a Stranger Podcast, www.thestranger.com.
1: If you're stuck in a relationship quandary, or if you're looking for sexual harmony,
2: well, there's nothing you can't ask
3: on the Savage Lovecast. I've been 34 years old for a long time. Regular listeners, readers, everybody knows that my odometer got stuck on 34, I don't know how many years ago, but it's been a while. And sometimes I feel a little old. And one of those times I felt old, even though I am still officially 34, was I was in the grocery store and I looked down at the us's and in touches and people's and realized that I didn't know who any of these people on the covers of any of these magazines were were. Literally and I'm not exaggerating. There wasn't a you know a Jen Aniston or anybody that I recognized. There were literally all these people I'd never fucking heard of. I'd never see I didn't know why they were famous. So I had to pause. You know, I want to keep up to date. I am only 34. I don't want to lose touch with kids today. So I paused and opened a magazine and that's how I first learned about Kardashianisms. About these Kardashian folks who are on TV because they're father got O.J. out of prison or something and they have large rear ends uh, and they are uh, shameless fame whores. Whatevs. You know, everybody's got to make a living. Anyway, uh, one of these Cardushians got married and now the big scandal, I'm up on it, is that it was Kim or Kelly or Kuki or Gaddafi Kardashian. I don't know who, but was married for 72 days to somebody who would have her. And now she is divorcing after 72 days. And there's been a lot of talk about this Kardashian marriage in uh, gay rights circles because this is so unfair that Kim – is it Kim? The tech-heavy at-risk youth have confirmed for me that it is indeed Kim Kardashian. That's how, like, out of touch I am with – these modern minor uh, fame horse celebrities uh, d- married some dude and is now getting divorced 72 days later after she made a quarter of a million dollars on her marriage. She. Talk about being in the 1%. She got married and it didn't cost her anything. It actually made her fucking money. And now people believe that maybe the whole thing was a sham. And, uh, you know, if you go to BuzzFeed right now, They've got a great post called 20 Couples That Put Kim Kardashian's Marriage to Shame and there are 20 same-sex couples pictures of them. People have been together some as long as uh, 50 years, same-sex couples who, of course, can't get married. Kim Kardashian can get married for 72 days. These people, these loving, same-sex, long-term committed couples can't get married at all. I don't think that's the scandal though. I don't think the scandal really is that Kim Kardashian can get married and these – loving same-sex committed couples cannot get married. The scandal is that Kim Kardashian can get married again and again and again. She can that bitch can get married as many times as she cares to. And if there really was, you know, if the defend marriage crowd really was interested in defending marriage, there would be some movement to stop the Kim Kardashians and the Britney Spears's of the world and the Rush Limbaugh's and the Newt Gingriches, from shitting all over the institution of marriage, for treating it like a box of Kleenex on a nightstand in a hotel room, for treating it so shabbily, uh, for marrying and marrying and marrying. You know, we hear from the uh, defenders of traditional marriage, we hear literally this phrase, one man, one woman for life. When's the for life thing going to be a part of their uh, agenda politically? Okay, so if you're for one man, for one woman, for life, okay, ban adultery or have a two strikes, you're out provision. Like you get two or three marriage licenses and then you're just hookup material after that. You can't get legally married. But does this effort to exclude same-sex couples from this institution because it must be defended and shored up and protected – But not protected from the people who are really doing it the most damage. The people who are really fucking the shit out of the institution of marriage. But not same-sex couples who just want in, who just want the same rights, responsibilities, and protections that all other couples enjoy. Who want our children to enjoy the same protections that marriage provides when uh, a child's parents are legally married. Uh, We're not the ones who are really tearing this thing apart. We're not the ones who are making marriage look ridiculous, disposable, trivial – The folks doing that are the Kim Kardashians of this world. Uh, And as there is no movement to legally sanction the Kim Kardashians of this world, to prevent them from marrying again and again and again, from further dragging the institution of marriage into disrepute, I'm thinking the whole anti-gay marriage movement is really just animated by animus. That unless you're going to go after the straight people – who are fucking the shit out of the institution of marriage. You can't condemn the gay people who really want in for all the right reasons. No gay person's going to make a quarter of a million dollars selling his wedding pictures. I actually think we might treat the institution just a little bit better. Maybe. Because it's going to be a hard one, right for us, maybe for the first like 50 years. We'll treat it a little better. Some of us will still get divorced. Uh, that's one of the rights we're fighting for when we fight for marriage is the right to get divorced, the right to go to a judge and have a fair uh, division of property and settle conflicts about custody. That you know, when a same-sex couple divorces, it isn't evidence as some have asserted that we didn't take the institution of marriage seriously. It's evidence that we need some of those protections on the back end just like any other straight couple – Anyway, Kim Kardashian and her ass, divorced after 72 days. Dan and Terry, still not married after 17 years. Your call's after this. Support for the Savage Lovecast comes from audible.com, where you'll find more than 100,000 titles to choose from across all genres, and where you'll also find the radio talk show In Bed with Suzy Bright. Susie Bright, of course, is the pioneering Sex writer, advice columnist, and an all-around kick-ass thinker. To learn more about Audible and get a free download of Susie's 500 episode, go to audible.com/slash in bed.
4: Hi, Dan. Um, my boyfriend is into um, cuckolding, and his last relationship ended with the girl he was with um, basically left him for the guy that he pushed her to be with in front of him and now he's wanting me to do the same and at first i told him maybe in the future but now i'm starting to realize that maybe it's not for me and i'm just worried that if i do go through with it i will end up having feelings for some other guy that he makes me be with or wants me to be with and I just don't want it to ruin our relationship because I do love him, and I just I, I don't know how to tell him that I can't fulfill his fantasy the one thing that he wants, and that I can't do it because I'm afraid it's going to ruin everything i i just I, I need to, I need help I need to know what to say to him
3: So have there been any developments since you recorded your question for us?
4: Well, yeah um I had a- Discussed it with a friend via text message, and one morning he heard we were, I was, we had talked, and I had stayed over at his house, and everything was going pretty well. Um, we had just decided that we were going to just you know try to make it work. There was a lot of stress on both of our parts, and
3: try to make the couple um, work. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You sounded and, you sounded pretty not into it in your call. You said yeah. you were very upset, you are crying. So what's changed yeah. that this is now something you want to try to make work for your boyfriend?
4: Well, I don't know if I really do want to make it work. I just, I, I, I want him to be happy, but I'm just struggling with the thought that maybe it won't happen with me.
3: Okay, well, the the, the phrase that jumped out at me um, from your call was, if he makes me do this, right? Which yeah. sort of runs against the grain of the whole cuckolding fetish idea. It's not that he's making right. you do it. It's that it's something you want to do and you're putting right. it through. And
4: that's, and, and that's what he's trying to – he's trying to get me to want to do it.
3: Okay. Well, he can't force you to want to do it. And, and the other thing that leapt out at me was, you know, that this is – you know, if it's not for you, you're, you're afraid if you don't fulfill this fantasy for him, it might destroy the relationship. Right. It's a horrible yeah. It's a horrible situation because you don't want to do this because looking at his previous relationship and that, that led to the end of the relationship, you feel doing it may imperil the relationship because what if you develop feelings for the other guy? But knowing what you know about his sexuality and his fantasies, you're not consenting to do this is going to imperil your relationship because he won't be satisfied in this relationship if this need isn't met. Right. But all the onus, all the risk emotionally, sexually uh, – is on your shoulders. I mean that's the the crazy thing about a cuckolding situation uh, where you know the guys are usually the guys who initiate it. Uh, the guys are the ones who bring it up. The guys are the ones who talk the girls in it. And a lot of women who are with like cuckold fetishes, eventually you know, many come around, begin to enjoy it, really like the freedom and they you know pick up on that kink. And that's really the way a lot of kinks work like in couples where they right. – that bond is formed. They actually fall in love and then these kinks are thrown on the table and then – oftentimes the vanilla partner who is shocked by the request, it comes to be a favorite part of their sexual repertoire too. So it's not in all cases where there's a disconnect like this is the advice, just walk away. But you sounded so upset about what he was asking you to do.
4: Yeah, I was. I just, I mean, I'd I'd never even really heard of this fantasy until him. And so it just kind of, like he, he, Put it on me pretty early into the relationship, um, which has not been a very long relationship so far. (laughs) And I've been thinking about it the whole time. And then one night I was just at the party and then I I received a text message giving me permission to have fun. And it just kind of made me feel, I don't know, worthless, like unwanted, like I'm not worth fighting for, like it's okay. But I realized that's not what it is.
3: It's not what it is. True to a certain extent, you know, you actually have more value to him considering his like sexual interests and fantasies. If this is a freedom you want to explore, you know, if you know if you having this license appeals to you uh, and, and it's something that you can enjoy, then you're actually more worthwhile a girlfriend to him than if you're not the sort of person who would enjoy that kind of freedom and license. Uh, but you can't let that double backflip manipulate you into doing things that you don't want to do and you're not comfortable with it uh, on a fundamental level. You know, at, at certain points uh, early in relationships, particularly when you get to this mutual disclosure of kinks and deal-breakery kind of needs, if you reach a point where you, you've discovered basic sexual incompatibility, then you shake hands and walk away right. and say, let's be friends. I can't be the kind of girlfriend you need. Because I can't, this isn't in me to do this. And if and, it isn't in you to do it, you shouldn't do it just for him. Like if he, right. you know, oftentimes, particularly with men and women, men are kink monsters. And women often, you know, aren't all that kinky, but men will throw something out there and, when, and their girlfriends or wives will be like, hmm, I don't know, maybe, uh, and they think about it for a while, then they do it, then they love it. If you don't think that that's, you know, That's a story arc that's possible for you. You know, if you know yourself well enough to know that this will never make you anything but miserable, either not meeting his needs or meeting his needs, both choices are going to make you nothing but miserable. You may be fundamentally sexually incompatible and need to pull the plug. Yep. I'm down with kink. I'm down with open relationships. I'm not down with people being emotionally manipulated. Into doing things that they don't really, uh, I don't even want to say don't want to do, aren't capable of doing, Uh, will never be content doing, Uh, will hate themselves tomorrow for doing. Uh And if you're that, you know, if you're not the kind of person who can have a boyfriend at home that you kind of enjoy cheating on and having more freedom out in the world than he does and rubbing his nose in it in this like erotic DS kind of way. You guys aren't right for each other. Right. And this relationship is going to make you nothing but miserable. If you don't think there's any capacity in you to enjoy what he's asking, what he's offering, and unfortunately right now kind of what he's demanding, does he self-conceive as submissive in all this?
4: I mean, that's what he wants, yeah. But – I'm, I'm, I'm the one that's usually the submissive one. I like being dominated, so it's kind of hard for me to completely swap roles.
3: hmm And you haven't acted on this yet, right? No. Okay, let's pretend that it's the morning after and you have. How does it feel? How do you anticipate oh. feeling?
4: I, I really have no idea because knowing that that's what he likes, I guess
3: I couldn't feel that bad about it. Well, it wouldn't be cheating because you had permission. It's not an infidelity because it's mutually consented to and agreed upon. So you don't have to feel bad because you did it to him. But I would, uh, you know, I would just be really worried. Uh, He's playing a mind game to get you to do this in the first place. And who knows what kind of mind games a mind game player will play after you do it the first time. You know, there have been how did how has he described his reaction in the past when his girlfriends to please him, quote unquote, cheated on him, cuckolded him.
4: I mean, that relationship ended when you know she did something behind his back without his permission, without him knowing while he was out of the country.
3: Hmm. So at first, and, at first, it was a cuckold, you know, open, honest, fetish thing. And then she started sneaking around on him to see this guy that she originally had cuckolded him with?
4: Yes. And apparently this was a friend of his or some sort. I'm, I'm not sure of the full story because I haven't yet been ready to ask that question, what exactly happened.
3: Okay, if you're not at a point yet where you feel like you can ask him anything, you're certainly not at a point yet where you can fulfill this kind of varsity-level potentially really emotionally uh, dicey, sticky request. If you're still inhibited about asking him about his history, particularly with this exact activity, and you don't feel like you guys know each other well enough or you're secure enough in the relationship yet to have a no-holds-barred conversation about exactly what it is he's asking you to do and exactly what his experiences have been in the past with it, you're not at a place where you should – going out to parties and having him send you text messages that say what his last text message said. Yeah. He's asking too much way too soon. Which yeah. means it's not about you or you both. It's not about your relationship. It's about him.
4: Yeah, that's what I figured.
3: How long you? How much time do you have invested in this relationship? You say you love him. How long have you known him?
4: Um, I've known him for about six months.
3: Okay, you don't have that much time invested in this relationship. When did the pressure start for you to go through with this kind of fantasy play or reality play? It's not fantasy play for you. It's reality play. It's you pursuing other guys, having sex with other guys. There's risk there. So how soon after you met and began dating did he start bringing this up?
4: Like pretty soon, like a month after.
3: Too soon. Really too soon for this kind of request. Yeah. Too early in the relationship. I think you can have the fantasies. You can be honest about having the fantasies, but too soon for the, and now for me to be happy in this relationship, we need to make this, this shit happen. That's too soon. Yeah. You don't feel secure in the relationship. The only way open relationships or even sort of relationships that are open as a fetish, you know, as a kink. The only way they work is if two people really love each other well enough, know each other well enough, can communicate with each other openly without fear uh, and really process and hash through what are very complicated uh, emotional situations and sexual situations. And nobody can do that a month in. Nobody. If you want to keep dating him, keep dating him. But you need to slam the brakes on and say this – you got to kick this two, three years down the road at least because I'm not going to be ready to do this for a very long time. And if that's a deal breaker, yeah. then let's break.
4: Yeah. All
0: right. Good luck. Thank you. Hi, I'm a 28-year-old straight female in a relationship for almost two years. It is something that I want to try sexually and I need some advice. I'm interested in watching my boyfriend have sex with another woman. Um, I didn't think this was anything that was strange, and we're both attractive and fit, so I didn't think it would be a hard thing to find, but we were having the hardest time finding someone, so I need some advice. First off, I'll tell you what we've done. We've tried Craigslist and had nothing. Um, I did find another woman, actually, in a relatively close city that had not had for pretty much the same thing. She wanted to watch her husband with another woman, and I emailed her, and she said that she had had no luck as well, and she was pretty much just giving up. Um, I tried having him find a girl, like at a bar or wherever, and he did relatively easily. But they're interested in him, and then once they find out about me, they get rooted out. I tried finding a girl, but they're bi, so they want it to be more like a threesome, and I'm straight. And we've tried swinging websites, but it's not really a swinging situation. I'm not interested in being with another man, and if it's a man who wants to watch his wife with my boyfriend, I don't think my boyfriend will be okay with that because he doesn't want another man in the room. Um, we have not explored our local sex club. That may be something that we'll try, but my boyfriend's been to a sex club before, and he doesn't really feel comfortable having sex at a sex club. So I guess that's an option, but I don't think so. So my question bar, first off, is this something that's really rare? I hear about women all the time who want to see their husband have sex with a man, and I hear about men who want to see their wife with a man, but I never hear about straight women who want to just watch... Their man with another woman. And my other question is, how do we find this person without being deceptive? I really, really want to do this. But at this point, I feel like the only way to make it happen is to get a bi girl and act like we're going to do a threesome and then just kind of phase myself out once we get her there and get going. But I feel like that would be not fair to her if she's interested in both of us and she's signing up for a threesome. And I think that would be kind of deceitful. Um, I really want to do this and I don't know how to get it. So please help.
3: You're rare. As you've discovered, your particular kink is rare. If you were the dude and it was the wife and you were looking for another dude, that would be a much easier uh, bill of fare to make happen. Uh, but there's a way to, to to you know stick this mount, not the dismount, to stick this mount. And uh, it's, I think, going to the cuckolds of America. Uh, we just spent the, the entire last call kind of making cuckolds sound like – selfish douchebag dick monsters. And they're not. They're actually wonderful guys with a particular kink. And when they find women who uh, that kink clicks with, uh, it can be the beginning of a very beautiful relationship. It just doesn't sound like that was the case with The Last Caller. Um, Not all cucks are uh, interested in watching their wives with another man or allowed to uh, in some instances where the woman is, you know, dominant and she, you know, maybe at first let him watch a few times and then realize that it was more fun for her and more fun for him often to go do it, come back and tell him about it. Uh, so I think if you went to a cuck website or you uh, t- t- advertised specifically looking uh, for a cuck couple and then you laid out what it is that you wanted to do, that you were not quite a cuck female but you wanted – to or a cuck queen as female cuckolds are called – uh, you wanted to watch your husband with another woman and you would like it to be his wife, but he's not allowed to come and watch. That kind of presentation, if you lay out the scenario that way, then your borrowing uh his wife or your husband getting with his wife under circumstances where he's barred from the room becomes part of his, you know, the DS of it all, the dominant submission of it all, even if it's not his preferred way to have it forced on him that way, uh, Could be for the right cuck with the right wife that you are into and your husband is into, just the ticket. So go find the cuckolds and their wives uh, and you will find, I guarantee you, that in short order you'll find uh, the right woman for you and your husband. Support for this Savage Lovecast comes from audible.com where you'll find more than 100,000 titles to choose from across all genres including talk radio show In Bed with Suzy Bright. To learn more about Audible and get a free download of Susie's 500th episode, go to audible.com slash inbed. Susie Bright, for folks who aren't familiar with her, and I would hope that all listeners of the Savage Lovecast are familiar with Suzy Bright, was the co-founder and first editor of the groundbreaking women's sex magazine On Our Backs, uh, tagline uh, entertainment for the adventurous lesbian. She's been a columnist and sex writer and pundit Forever. Uh, and she's brilliant and smart and groundbreaking, and she was writing about this fucking before I uh, – we won't say. Susie has been called the widest read, most reviled and revered sex expert in America, which I aspire one day to be called myself. But right now, that title belongs to Susie. And you should go to audible.com slash in bed and listen to an episode, the 500th episode of Susie's really brilliant show, In Bed with Susie Bright, right after you're done listening to The Lovecast.
2: Dan, I'm a man in his uh, mid-twenties, and I have started dating a girl uh, just about four weeks ago who's uh, about ten weeks pregnant with another dude's kid, who, and uh, the dude doesn't seem to really want to be involved, uh, but I'm kind of wondering what I might be getting into. Uh, I have a lot of thoughts on it um, without like trying to get attached, but I really like this chick so far, and, uh, yeah, I just want to talk to you about
3: it. Oh, I hate your question. So I'm going to say things that make me sad and piss people off. You've been dating her for four weeks. She's 10 weeks pregnant with some other dude's kid. What's her plan for this kid? Is she going to have the baby, keep the baby, place the kid for adoption, abort the kid? It just – there's so much going on here and I wouldn't necessarily – you know. Trust her motives, frankly, uh, in a situation like this. You know, you've been dating her for four weeks and she really likes you. And does she really, really like you? Are you someone she would be in a relationship with if she wasn't pregnant Uh, and looking for perhaps, you know, emotional, sexual? And uh, once the baby comes, material support. Are you prepared to be this baby's dad? Should you fall in love with this woman and want to stay by her? Or will she just, you know, lean on you, use you, allow you to become emotionally attached to her and the baby and then realize or finally admit that she wasn't that interested in you. She was just needing somebody around to help out, to help her through this and that somebody was you. And when she's done with you, she'll be done with you. I'm just thinking, you know, if you were my cousin, if you were my brother, if you were God fucking forbid my son, my advice would be run. Ten weeks pregnant by a dude who dumped you is a time you lean on your biological family. It is not a time – In a woman's life where she initiates a new relationship because there's just too many emotional cross currents and the risk of exploiting someone's good intentions and feelings of obligation and desire to be a good and upstanding, decent person is just too great. She needs to go home to mom and dad, have this baby, figure out what she wants to do. She wants to be where she wants to live, how she's going to care for this child if she keeps this child. And once she's figured all that shit out, then even if she decides to keep the baby, then maybe she can set off. Then surely, definitely uh, the time has come for her to look around and start having relationships again and date again uh, and, you know, perhaps find a life partner uh, if that's what she wants. But now at 10 weeks, not the time to do any of that and not fair To put that on you.
2: Hi, Dan. This is Graham from the Bay Area, California. I'm a huge fan. I was having a discussion with a very dear friend of mine, who uh, I don't believe to be a homophobe or a bigot. Uh, Just maybe has some misinformation. Um, Does she seems to be of the impression that legalizing gay marriage would force churches to perform? marriage between two guys or two girls, Um, otherwise they could lose their tax-exempt status. That seems to be a big fear-mongering point from the uh, religious right, and um, I haven't found any research to the contrary yet. I was wondering if you might help me out.
3: There's been tons written and said about this lie. This misinformation from the religious right that if gay marriage is legal, then all churches everywhere will be forced to perform gay marriage despite their doctrine on dudes marrying dudes or they'll lose their tax. It's bullshit. It's the same bullshit uh, that the religious right was out there peddling about hate crimes legislation, that if you passed hate crimes legislation, then pastors and preachers would go to jail for uh, preaching sermons from their pulpits uh, condemning homosexuality as a sin hasn't come to pass. We've had federal hate crimes legislation for a couple of years now. They're not rounding up the spokes bigots for the Family Research Council or any of their batshit ordained members because it's a lie. And you know you can go to freedomtomarry.org. You can download uh, position papers and real information about this at HRC's website. Uh, John Shore writes about this at his website. Uh, but the only – the real – clincher in this argument that, oh, churches that refuse to marry dudes to dudes are going to learn lose their tax-exempt status. All you got to do is say, there are churches that refuse to marry their own members to each other. You go to a Catholic church and you ask a Catholic priest to marry you, you, you are a Catholic marrying a Catholic and they can refuse because they don't think one of you is a good enough Catholic. You go to a Catholic church and you're a Catholic marrying a Jew – And religious expression is a protected class already. That church can refuse to marry that couple because one of them is not the right religion. They're discriminating against that couple on the basis of their religion. Again, a protected class. This happens every day in America. People are turned away from churches uh, because the – Pastor, preacher, uh, pope in Rome doesn't approve of the match. And none of them have lost their tax-exempt statuses for refusing to marry people that they don't wish to marry. And once same-sex marriage is legal, nothing will change about that. Churches in Iowa and New York, Canada are not being forced to perform same-sex marriages against their will or against their doctrine. You know who is being discriminated against when it comes to same-sex marriage? Religious traditions and churches that want to legally marry same-sex couples. Right now we have a situation where no marriages performed uh, in churches of of same-sex couples are legally recognized by this federal government in five states to recognized by the state governments. Uh, because why? Why is that? There's your religious discrimination for you. What about the religious freedom of those preachers who want to marry legally same-sex couples? How come that aspect of religious liberty is never discussed by douchebags on the right, lying douchebags on the right, who've clearly gotten to your friend? Just let your friend know that I know personally, me, uh, a Catholic and Jewish couple who were turned away a month ago by a Catholic church in Cleveland. There's no lawsuit. No lawsuit is possible. No one's taken. I wish they would. The Catholic church's tax exempt status from them. They deserve to have it yanked from them for all the meddling they do in politics, but no one's coming for it. Hasn't happened. Won't happen.
5: Hi, Dan. I'm a straight woman. I'm 10 years older than you. Exactly. I had a really wonderful sex life long ago in my 20s, and I got married, and I'm just coming out of a 23-year marriage where sex died many, many years ago, and um, it was very sad, but anyway, now I'm post-marriage, and I haven't had sex in many, many years, and I feel... um, such a longing to have a sex life again. But I really, really feel lost for how to start, and I also feel like I'm not very good emotional material for a relationship. I don't, I don't think I even want a relationship. I just want somebody to be um, playful and tender with, and like re, restart um, being a sexual person. And I've had this. Idea. I'm calling you because I'm wondering if this is completely crazy. I've had this idea that I don't know anything about dating sites and don't. I, I don't know how people date. Um, but I have this idea that maybe I could buy sex and that that could really work for the next period of my life. While I, I'm going to ask somebody to like help me get over what feels like trauma of being celibate for so long and it it doesn't seem like a job to leave to an amateur honestly. I need help and so I've had this idea about how do I buy sex and I've looked up some ads like for courtesans and things and I think how weird is this? Is it dangerous? And also here's a part two that just really surprised me when I realized I was thinking it. I thought even though I'm straight if I was buying sex, I might like, I might like to, to buy it from a woman. Uh, because that seems like it'd be easier and less emotionally difficult. And how can you be, I'm not sure I could ever find a man attractive whose profession was selling sex. But for a woman, hey, you know, it could, I could see it. So I have a lot of kind of crazy ideas and, um, I just would love to hear what you think.
3: Yeah, go ahead. Buy some sex. I'm not going to throw myself between you and the escort. But you don't have to you – know, you say you might not be able to respond to a man. But if you're straight, why not think about a, a man who's out there selling sex? I don't understand the disconnect uh, why a woman that you're not attracted to or not as attracted to perhaps as you would be to a man is more appealing, a woman who's selling sex, than a man who's selling sex. Uh, a lot of straight women – Right. And sometimes call asking, where are the guys selling sex to women? You know, there's guys out there selling sex to men. How do I find uh, a guy who's willing to, for money, have sex with me? Well, you basically have to go to the same place where guys who are buying sex from guys go. One website that's popular with Republican politicians and evangelical preachers, of course, is rentboy.com. It's been involved in quite a few sex scandals over the last decade or so. Uh, It's involved in a a very recent one that I won't go into because it's a little creepy and weird and I'm not sure I want to talk about it. But – and it doesn't involve me or anyone I know. But a lot of the guys who are advertising there are what's known as gay for pay. And the men I've known who've done sex work who are straight but gay for pay – have told me that they occasionally hear from women via their ads in gay publications and on gay websites like Rentboy.com. And they've seen women. They've taken women on as clients who contacted them through Rentboy and other websites. So yeah, you could go find a woman. There are women out there selling sex, women online. Uh, Look for somebody who's high-priced. Do your due diligence to make sure you're not – Getting with someone who's been trafficked, Uh, you want to make sure you're speaking to an independent contractor, someone who's working just for herself or for himself uh, when you purchase sex. And remember, buying sex is illegal and we can't tell you to do anything illegal. So everything I just said actually I'm going to now say is null and void. Please don't buy sex. Please don't go to rentboy.com and search on the word straight uh, or gay for pay and uh, flip through all the available for rent Straight dudes who might be only too happy to get paid to put it where they wish they were putting it in the first place. For instance, <laughs> I didn't even search the word straight. The very first ad I looked at when I called up rentboy.com on my computer, dude, callboy, advertising on a gay site, into flexing my muscles and getting size 12 feet work done, will do erotic massage as well. 5'10, 165 pounds, straight guy with a hard body great biceps, blah, blah, have girlfriend, must be discreet. Please don't ask for face pics. If you contacted this guy, he might be only too delighted to arrange uh, to do much more for you than he's willing to do for the gay dudes that he lets worship his feet. So jump on RedBoy.com. Although I disapprove because it's illegal. Please don't jump on RedBoy.com and look for the straight boys who are selling sex to guys who would love to hear from you. Call her because it would be wrong. RedBoy.com.
2: Hi, Dan. This is um, a 30-year-old bisexual male. Um, I'm also a polyamorous in an open relationship with my fiance. Um, I think we've been open for around two years. Started out swinging in um, that uh, lovely couple um, who ended up divorcing, actually, um, but not before um, I could start a polyamorous relationship with the wife of this uh of this couple, and, um, it was devastating for her, and she, but she, like, she opened me up to quite, quite a bit, uh, before, you know, this, this, uh, that tragic event, uh, devastated her, um, she introduced me into BDSM, and, uh, through that, you know, I introduced my, uh, my life partner into BDSM, and it's been, it's been fantastic, um, and I never stopped dating her, um, this the woman who uh recently became divorced and we developed uh you know quite a relationship over the past couple of years and i love her very much and um, she's just enriched my life in, in ways that you know i didn't think another person other than my my life partner could and you know anyways we're starting to come into some serious uh, growing pains and um uh, I guess, I guess the gist of it is, um, she's been out of the scene. She took quite a hiatus from the BDSM scene since, uh, since the separation and, uh, it's been difficult to get her back into it. And I haven't like pushed her into it at all, you know, but like, um, you know, uh, just recently, the past couple of months, um, she's been starting to feel a lot better and more secure. And so I, uh. Um, I took her out to a munch, you know, I t- and then uh, that led to going to events. And, uh, you know, now all of a sudden she's just um, kind of exploded, turning into like kind of a turbo slut. I'm not a saying slut, and uh, I'm actually saying slut in the most sex-positive manner. You understand what I mean? It's just kind of, you know, it, I don't know. It feels like it's getting out of control, but uh, I know it isn't. I think she's just, is, She she's healing uh, things are you know uh, she's feeling much better about herself, and I have no right to tell her what who, which play partners she should have or should not have um and just uh just tonight she told me she's planning on having sex with somebody other than me um, which is the first time in two years uh, i i you know since her husband, and i you know I never thought I knew this day would come, I just didn't think that it would make me feel like this um definitely alpha maleish definitely feeling like insecure, really, you know, uh, and, and not to mention she just kind of blindsided me with the, with the sex thing. I thought, you know, it started out with just like casual, you know, BDSM play at, at clubs. But now it's turning into sex, which I didn't think would happen. I thought we were going to take baby steps. I guess um, not, and I, I really hate feeling like this. I really hate this flux of emotion that's going on inside me because I don't want to make her feel bad because this is, might be helping her. If you can help me out, uh, you know, out Dan, like maybe help me figure out a way to not feel like this or take it till I make it kind of thing, I'd appreciate your input.
3: So just so I uh, I listen to your call and I'm a little confused. So this isn't your fiancé who's out there sex positively slutting around. It is one no. half of this couple that is now divorced that got you into yeah. S&M. Yeah. So it's your person, you know, it's your secondary partner. How would you describe this woman from this,
2: well, uh, now mistress, uh, lover, secondary—however you want to put it.
3: Okay, so she's she's your dominant. Yes. Okay, and she's fucking other people.
2: Uh, as of now, yeah.
3: And you don't like it.
2: Uh, you know, um, it's really funny that n- that night that um, I called you. I just got the news, so I was kind of freaking out, and uh, I'm, I'm actually happy to report that everything's just. Gravy now i hate to disappoint and you know uh
3: so this all worked out uh, this all worked out everybody's happy
2: it's all all worked out everybody's happy everything's great uh i think that i think what was going on um was that uh like
3: you were having a feeling
2: right right well you know our relationship had been built basically on like the the whole time i'd I'd known her for like uh close to two years uh, we had you know it's just basically she's been in peril and and, uh, you know, the the dominant, um, you know, sexy, um, sexual sexually confident woman that I, you know, met at first, you know, went away for a while. And now that she's healing, coming back and getting easing back into the scene, she's just kind of going a, a little nuts and becoming back, coming back to herself. And I, I think I made it sound a little worse than it was. Um, she's not like a complete turbo slut, like. I mean, she's she's proud of being a slut, but not uh, not not going completely
3: crazy. She's but being responsible. Boy, are you gonna get your ass whipped after she listens to this? <laughs> <laughs> <I know. laughs> okay, so so I actually think even though uh, everything worked out, uh, I actually think your call is a good example of something that people who aren't in open relationships or are afraid of them. Uh, really have misconceptions about, which is that to be in an open relationship or to have it be successful, you can't ever be the type of person who experiences jealousy.
2: Right. And, no, and that's what was I'm not a jealous person by nature.
3: And, but you had you a know, moment. You had a moment where you were feeling jealous. You were feeling threatened. You were perhaps feeling a little less important to this person than you were right? previously, and a little mm-hmm. displaced, and you had a feeling, and that feeling had to be processed. And you guys had to, right. I assume you guys talked it out, and that's what...
2: Oh, uh, definitely, several times, as a matter of fact. Then,
3: okay, uh, and you uh, went yeah. to her and said, I'm feeling X and Y and Z, and she said whatever she needed, What you know, she said, hopefully, things that were true, but whatever she needed to say uh, to yeah. alleviate those concerns.
2: Well, I kind of alleviated myself, like, the next day when I was just like, you know, at work, you know, seriously going kind of nuts still... Uh, that just that thought that you know she's yeah, coming ne- back to herself, and I'd never witnessed that before.
3: And the next day at work, there when you were thinking crazy. about how ridiculous it is to want to say that this person who actually isn't your wife, isn't your partner, isn't your fiance, uh, and you are in an open relationship with, and right. are the secondary partner of, should right. prioritize her relationship with you in a way that you're not prioritizing her relationship, your relationship with her. Exactly. <laughs> <And> she, <laughs> which is just to go, which just goes to show. I'm not saying oh you have a character f- <laughs> failing and you're a bad person. I'm just going to show that jealousy isn't always. Rational. Even for people in no. open relationships, even for people who are 30 years old and with some experience in open relationships, and I'm 34 mm. myself with some experience in open relationships. We sometimes have feelings that are a little irrational. And and our partners, by help, you know, holding our hands at those moments and patting us on the head and saying, It'll be alright, uh, mm-hmm. demonstrate that they're worthy. Uh, of being yeah. in relationship with. It's how you it's how you handle jealousy when it rises up e- in a closed or an open relationship. That demonstrates, you know, that you have the kind of emotional IQ that makes a relationship successful, makes it go. Yeah. So I, even you know, even I, I, though I, I, everything worked out for the best, I think it's still great that you called so that people could hear that dark moment of the of the you know, that dark night of the that soul that even
2: well, I am not looking forward to listening to, to that message, I got to say. I, <laughs> well, you know,
3: we're going to play it. It's I, too late. You better. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's definitely, for, for your listeners, that's really kind of, you know, the, the classic moment of despair in a, in a you know, uh, an open relationship that maybe, you know, it's, it's inevitable here and there in an uh, open and poly relationship.
3: Just but, wear five uh, or six pairs of underwear when you go over to her house. It's
2: going gravy and, um, you know, I... I appreciate the call and I appreciate the concerns. So. Would you like to
3: take this opportunity to apologize sincerely to your mistress while she's listening?
2: <laughs> no, because I'm, I'm hoping for a beating. So.
3: <laughs> well, I'm sure she'll come through and uh, maybe you can leave an open phone sitting next to you while that's going on so we can hear. We can all Absolutely. share in that as well.
1: Thanks so much for your call. All right. Thank you. Bye. Hi, Dan. I'm a 20-year-old straight male and I have some serious commitment issues. I have been in numerous good and wholesome relationships but find that at the very moment that they start talking about commitments, such as they start eh, talking about babies or the future, like just just thinking to the future of moving together and doing everything together, I just get scared. I, I pack up and I run because I simply cannot deal with that. I'm at the age of 20 and I was not thinking to hunker down and pop babies out of my lovely ladies' female parts before maybe 26, 8, more. So when they start talking about this at the age of 20, about within the next few years doing all these things, it scares me off. I just I cannot deal with it, and I leave them. So recently I've just found myself not being able to get into relationships. I keep it all superficial. I, will have, I have some uh, friends with benefits. I go out for one-night stands. Um, not getting sex is not the issue. The issue is I want a wholesome relationship, and there's not a lot of depth in just a friends with benefits. It's very much an on-off switch for the sex drive, I find. So, I would like to get over my commitment issues, and I'm just not sure how to do that. Um, if you have any ideas, any tips on what I should do, uh, please, I would like to hear. Uh, you can also just tell me to man the fuck up, but, uh, I know you're good at that. So thank you very much, Dan. Do love the show tell
3: You're 20 fucking years old. Uh, you should – I don't want to cure you of your commitment issues because I don't think people who are 20 fucking years old should be making commitments. I kind of think you should be doing just what you're doing, which is having a relationship here, a relationship there, uh, finding out more about yourself, more of what works for you as you – Work through the early stages of your dating and romantic life. Uh, If friends with benefits leaves you cold, uh, if you feel like there's some sort of on-off switch that's being flipped, uh, you can take a different approach to a friends with benefits type relationship. You should have those types of relationships with people who you believe that if you were in a different place in your life or they were in a different place in their life, you could picture yourself in an actual committed relationship with that person. It's a good rule of thumb generally not to have sex with someone that you couldn't picture yourself, if circumstances were different, dating. And so, you know, allow there to be some more of an emotional connection, an emotional attachment, uh, an emotional engagement, if not, you know, emotional obligation where you knew when you're with your friends with benefits presumably a friend with benefits was a friend first with benefits second you had some sort of rapport some sort of relationship some sort of affection and connection that you then took to a sexual level allow that affection and rapport and connection that emotional connection to continue to grow as you get to know that person better and you get to fuck that person a lot uh, and then eventually you may find yourself one day slapping relationship labels on a friends with benefits, no labels uh, setup because it's grown in that direction. And there's lots of terrific established long-term acknowledged Facebook official relationships out there that began as sort of a little bit more tentative, hang back friends with benefits designated style relationships. Does that make sense? So uh, keep doing what you're doing. Don't look at your friends with benefits as people that you can't be emotionally uh, invested in, engaged with, and open to perhaps something down the road when you're in a place where you want to have a relationship, you know, open to something more of it, more coming of it, more growing uh, with that particular person. Good luck.
6: Hey, Dan. I'm calling in regards to the person confused about how to act with someone who has transitioned to sex in episode 263. I'm a male to female trans girl who has transitioned and thought I'd offer my perspective and experience. In the professional world, I found that it's really difficult to guess who's going to remain on your side and who's going to want to throw you under the bus to find out you're transsexual. I had a long period at my job where I worked from home during the awkward phases of my transition. So when I came back to the office, the change was drastic. The people who mentioned it and let me know that they supported me made me feel at ease and brought a large sense of comfort that was very helpful. On the other hand, I can't tell if the people who never mentioned a word about it mean well but don't know how to say anything or laugh at me behind my back and would hurt my career the first opportunity they'd get. I was very scared during this process. So hearing that people support me or just acknowledge that there was a change and it doesn't bother them never got old and really helped me continue to just do my job and live my life like a normal person without having more anxiety and worry. I can't speak for anyone else, but just saying, hey, it's great to see you again and I'm happy for you or something like that can be more than enough just to, you know, let me know that I don't have to worry about you and we can just continue on with our lives like we always have. Hi, Dan Savage. I'm calling
7: in response to your question about trans etiquette. I'm a trans guy. I have not gone into testosterone yet, but I've been coming out to a lot of people over the past year and a half, two years. Um, So I think the best thing to say to someone when you notice that they're trans and they haven't really come out to you is just, hey, you look really great. What pronouns are you using now? I think asking people what their pronouns are, um, no trans person will really be offended. Um, it's, It's a great question to just get in the habit of asking and it just shows that you're being supportive and then actually follow through. And use the right pronouns, maybe um, correct people if you hear them using the wrong pronouns is a really good way to be supportive. What I really hate is when people refer to me being trans without actually referencing it directly. So just saying, oh, you look different, tell me about your thing, and then needing me to actually fill in the blank and say, oh, you mean by gender, so I would say be polite but blunt. And lastly, thanks so much for asking us what we think about this. I think usually your advice is really great, um, but often you've missed a little bit on trans issues,
4: so I'm glad you're getting us to respond. Thanks a lot. Bye. I'm just calling in response to the mom who found her son's pants porn. Um, I'm a 24-year-old female, and I have exactly the same fetish. It's actually my core fetish, and I just wanted to reiterate everything that Dan said. I thought his advice was spot on, and also just to say that um, I promise you your son is well aware that his kink is outside of mainstream sexual expression, and he's dealing with that right now. Um, he's working through his thoughts and feelings. And the last thing that he needs is to work through your thoughts and feelings too. So don't talk to him about it. Just, just don't. And if it gives you any peace of mind, um, I've been living with this king for a lot of years and I wouldn't get rid of it, even if I could. It's, uh, I feel happier and, um, a more sexually integrated person because of it. So don't worry, mom, everything will be fine. And yeah, don't talk to your son about it.
3: And we're going to leave it there. By this point, some of you are probably wondering, where is Lucy? Uh, we recorded this podcast in Seattle when I was home for the weekend. Uh, off of my magical mystery tour of the United States. Love her or hate her, Lucy will probably be joining us again on the podcast next week. If you have a question for Lucy, feel free to give us a call, 206-201-2720. Or if you have a question or a comment for me, 206-201-2720. That is the number here at the podcast and me and the tech savvy at risk youth and our special guest star lucy we'll be back at you next week with another installment the savage Lovecast. thanks for downloading